Hey everyone, welcome to episode 95 of You Heard It Here Second. New episodes are released every week on DerekAndSteve.com and on iTunes as well. So just search for Derek and Steve or You Heard It Here Second and make sure to subscribe today. 28 to 24. Tom Brady's score. going to get the last drive and, and not, not score, score a touchdown. touchdown. Derek and Steve present... Best new artist goes to Alicia Cara. Well, I know a song or two what that she has. Uh, sing them. I, I can't sing them. Do it. It's, the, it. it's the beat. I can't even hum it. I can't think of it in my head right now, but I know it's a good song because I remember being like, oh, it's a good song. So you can get seasoned french fries with nacho cheese dip at any Taco Bell in America. That That's big. It's huge. He's got Dunkin' Donuts money coming out the butt. Anything else on the Puppy Bowl? Uh, that's all I have to say about the Puppy Bowl today. All righty. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 95 of You Heard It Here Second. I'm Steve, alongside Derek. Derek, what's cracking? What's cracking? Everything's cracking <laughs> today. It's February. It's Everything's cracking. It's We're almost halfway through February because there's only 28 days. Good. I'm so, glad everything's cracking. Yeah. So that's what's cracking. Okay. Um, so we have a good episode for you today. We've got an opening drive, BC update, sports, um, and then pop culture, and then final drive. So yeah, three periods, boom. pretty full. Um, we'll run through it real quick. Um, but I think we have an opening drive, Derek. Yeah, we do have an opening drive today. You know what this week is? Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. So if true. you're listening to Tuesday, tomorrow, if you're listening on Tuesday, tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. Um, so go get your ashes, get some ash on your forehead, um, and then is the start of Lent. Start of Lent. Which, yeah. Typically means you give something up give something for 40 up. days. Yep, you don't eat meat on Fridays, and you give something up for the duration of Lent until uh, Easter Sunday. So until Easter Sunday. So what are we giving up for Lent this year? That is the question. It's always the question. It's always the question every year on the first podcast, or the last podcast before Ash Wednesday. Do you want me to say, or you want you, you to go first, or what you do you want? You say I'll go first. first. I'm giving up chocolate. So that's it. So we had, chocolate. A, we had a lengthy discussion about this. Yep. He's not giving up sweets or candies. No, I could eat, like, if you pass me, like, a bag of Skittles, I'm, but I can you, eat that. Are you going to replace all chocolate? Like, no, like, oh, I'm not going to eat as much. I'm not going to just, like, go buy, like, bags of, of Sour Patch Kids now. Like, <laughs> because that's you're not, like, ha-ha, loophole. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not about loopholes. Okay. No chocolate. You know, um, I don't eat, I eat way more chocolate than non-chocolate candy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a, I don't eat a lot of, like, um... Uh, Skittles, Sour, Sour Patch Kids, Starburst. Like, I don't eat those gummies. all the time. Gummies. Um, so I don't – hard candies. Like, I don't eat a whole lot of those. Most of the candy I eat, I would say, is chocolate. So, okay. And chocolate-flavored things. And chocolate-flavored things are – is the, that counts for me as chocolate. So no chocolate milk, uh, no chocolate ice cream, no chocolate uh, in your ice cream or anything like that, no chocolate syrup. You know, if you're just going to have okay, a bowl, that, cup of that. That covers know, it. We get I it. I think we – yeah. I could go on if you need more examples. No, that's good. That makes no chocolate sense. anything. So. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to give up meat this year for meat. 40 days. I'm wow. going meatless. Uh, I think I can do it. I've had some conversations with – actually, he was on the podcast, uh, Ty Trainer. He yeah, was the vegan right. who came on, um, did his spiel about being vegan and how easy it is, and I, I caught the bug. I'm not going to go <laughs> vegan, but I think I'm going to try to do meatless Lent this year. Yeah, it's there you go. It's probably going to be very diff- more difficult than I expect it to be. It will probably be more difficult than you expect it to be. I agree. Um, even just like – 
I feel like just on the everyday basis of like, oh, you're going to go grab lunch. Like you can't get like a turkey sandwich or like, you know, like it's salad and like, like caprese sandwiches and things like that. Pizza, a lot of pizza. On an individual basis, I think it is not hard to avoid meat. That's why like on Fridays, I don't think it's that hard to avoid meat. I can eat pizza on Fridays. I can get a salad, like whatever. I think the day over day will become what's hard. It's like doing that every day for the entirety of Lent, I think, is going to be more difficult. So Okay. Well, eggs are in. Eggs I certainly think good. you can do it. I think you can do it. I'm just saying it's going to be hard. Okay. Well, then that's the point, isn't it? Well, yeah. It, we've, we've had pretty difficult Lent um, sacrifices over yeah, the last couple of years. Yeah, we did beer one year. Did beer one year. Did um, – well, I, we did beer and ice did cream one year. Did we do cursing once? Um, maybe you did cursing. I don't think I did cursing. Oh, maybe I did. I don't I think did. so. I don't think I did cursing. Um yeah, I did beer and ice cream. I did video games one year, I think. Um, we had a few other ones. I, I can't remember what else. I can't remember what it was last year. I just bought- Oh, it's Dunkin' Donuts. I did Dunkin' Donuts last year. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks. I gave up both of them. So How'd it go? Oh, uh, give up cheese. I gave up cheese. Tough. You gave up cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, wow. Well, this year we're, yeah. we're up in the game. Yeah. Cool. So. Uh, well, that's it for Lent. Do you have any final thoughts on Lent, Derek? Uh, I don't. You jazzed? Well, I'm... I'm jazzed, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm jazzed up, ready, right. ready to sacrifice. Uh, well, let's move it on to everybody's favorite segment, the BC Update. Got another dude! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-line you, bunch of dudes. All righty, so period number one, the BC update. And a couple nice stories here for BC as we uh, kick this one off. I'll let you start with the first one, which is actually a non-sports BC topic. Yeah, so we are officially 100 days from reunion, or probably like 100 days and a week out, um, which is why Boston College is hosting a 100-day reunion meetup. Um, It's on February 20th, a Tuesday, from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., at the greatest bar. Which is the greatest bar. It's the worst bar. <laughs> the greatest bar is the worst bar. Um, tickets are $15. It includes an app and one drink. They're not really promoting this too much. Have you gotten an email about this? I haven't heard. This? this is the first I heard of okay, it when I Okay, so I got the email, but I'm on – I basically forced my way into Although, every email chain. I, I might have gotten the email, but uh, didn't see it because it goes into my promotions folder a lot. Okay, well, either way um, – there's a, an event next t- uh, Tuesday, February 20th, um, 6.30, 8.30 at the Greatest Bar. I think, I mean, that's close to us. It's on a Tuesday, which is nice. Um, I'll, I'll consider going. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'll forward around to our friends and see who else wants to join. But um, I, I think BC doesn't do this enough for the people in Boston. So I think yeah. this is something that we should attend, given how easy it is for us to attend. That's true. And I agree. So this is the first I've heard of it, but I'll uh, I'll look into it. And hopefully I'll be able to go on that uh, Tuesday, 6.30 to 8.30. Uh, really a week from this morning, if you're listening on the day of the podcast release, uh, February 20th. So there you go. Next That's, week. And 100 days till reunion. So and it's we'll, getting, it's we'll update you again next Monday. Yeah, we'll remind you. And then <laughs> yeah. uh, and then next It'll be that night. Episode 96, you'll be sitting at work listening to it, and you'll be like, oh, oh I crap. remember them saying this last week, and I, I would have forgot about it, yes. but then they told me about it again this week. And these so. things never sell out. I would say RSVP up front just because you should, but yeah. I mean – you could just show up. I'm sure you'll be able to show up. Yeah. Greatest bar has like is like 19 floors high. Yeah. So it's I think it'll be fine. It's the worst so. bar, <laughs> for sure. Um, so that's the first uh, non-sports BC topic that we have to update. Now into the sports, we have one good, one bad. Let's start with the good. BC basketball with a huge win over the Miami Hurricanes at home in Chestnut Hill over the weekend, uh, 72 to 70. Um, led as always by their star players Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman. 
Um, this is a couple days after Jerome Robinson dropped 46 points yeah. in a loss uh, to Notre Dame earlier in the week with a nationally recognized performance. I mean, he shot like 15 for 23, I think, just like near like a near-perfect performance from yeah. him. Um, what are you seeing from BC basketball? Looking pretty good. I think, I mean, it stinks because we're finally, we've hit our stride a little too late, I feel. We lost some bad games in the beginning. Um, we've lost some very close matchups we should have won to good teams. Um, so right now it's good to beat the Hurricanes, but we have we have six games left and we really need to beat all six teams, if yeah. not at least four of them, yeah. to make the tournament. I mean, they're all ACC games, which is good. Um, then we'll have the ACC championship where we can hopefully win a game or two there. Um, but this game specifically, Kai Bowman, Jordan Chapman, and Jerome Robinson are three best players by far. Played forty minutes each. They all played. They all did not take a rest, <laughs> which is is a consistent with this team's strategy. Yeah. And the other players, Stefan Mitchell played thirty eight minutes, and Nick Popovich played twenty nine. We only played two other players, and they got seven minutes and six minutes. Yeah, we un- literally <laughs> play five guys. Yeah, we just have five players, and we put them out there for the entire game and hope they win. Yeah, which is they do win sometimes, but if you have such a thin bench, you re- like you have no chance at beating some of these. Yeah, better you need schools. at least like two players on the bench <laughs> you need, to go to. Like you- our intramural team can't play with five players. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's certainly. I will say so. Yeah, it's alarming from a roster standpoint that they they don't have the bench to be able to to spell these guys even a little bit. I will give a little bit of credit where it's due here. I think that Jim Christian's not a good basketball coach. I respect that he just keeps his guys out there. Like I, I respect that that in a game that he feels he has to win, Jerome's going to play 40 minutes. Like, yeah. And that's that. Kai's going to play 40 minutes. He does not have like, the, the skill to out-coach yeah. a basketball team with plays and with, um, I, I mean, like well-called timeouts and, yeah. and, and like – I don't know what else, like psychological moves or whatever else you want to do, but you're right. He just will. He's like, all right, we have to win this game. I'm just going to put my best three players out there for the entire game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to switch your players, and they're going to get put on worse players because I'm not benching them. Yeah, and and I think um, it, it goes to a little bit bigger of a of a coaching philosophy. I feel like, which is, you know, in a lot of sports in today's day and age, things have changed as far as like how much, you know, being careful about overusing players and like keeping guys on, you know, we talked about pitch counts, right. And like how uh pitch count versus like innings pitched and some managers will like have an innings count on a pitcher. It's like he might've thrown one pitch. He might've thrown he 10 pitches, six perfect. Innings. Yeah. And, and so along the same lines, sometimes I think that minutes in basketball are a little bit overused as a stat of like how hard a guy's working. Like think about how much different a minute can be in basketball, whether it's like, two teams ISOing like and ru- using the whole shot clock or like back and forth transition basketball, you know? So I think the minute count sometimes can be deceiving. And if your guys aren't tired, if, if they're not wearing down, if they're looking like they're strong late in the game, you know, what's the point of sitting them if they're, if they're by far your best players. So um, especially in college basketball, where I think the game's shorter and these kids are young and energetic and, you know, they don't show any signs late in the game of being tired. Yeah. So um, I don't know historically if this is something that other teams do, like I, I, it's it's just the first time I've seen BC do it. Yeah, yeah. So it may be common practice in college basketball to just play your best players it is the more, entire game. It's more so than in the NBA. I'll say yeah. that. Like like NBA benches are always ten deep. Like you're gonna look at any NBA box score. It's rare that a team didn't use ten guys because like at some point you have a bench unit in there because it's a forty eight minute game. It's professional level. It's longer. I do think college basketball is more often at the seven to eight mark as far as like guys that play. But still, the sixth man is usually playing like 20 plus. Yeah. The seventh man is playing 15 to 20. 
not not seven, seven minutes, minutes each. <laughs> like our bench too. If you look at our bench, is <laughs> the goofiest looking bench they're of just, all time. Just they're all like no, literally. There, it's about five people who look exactly like me. <laughs> it's like five white dudes under six foot, just like going crazy for three pointers. Whenever yeah. someone shoots a three, they just go nuts. Yeah. So I understand why we don't play our bench. It's just. <laughs> I, I, I said it earlier. I didn't. I didn't know if it was sustainable, but we were we're winning close games yeah. that we need to. So if we can keep it up the next six games, we may have a shot. Yeah. And so uh, just closing that thought, it's uh, six games left. I think that five and one should be the benchmark to go for here. I think five and one should put BC on the bubble. Uh, I mean, and and what more can you ask for? I think going into this season than to be on the bubble for the tournament. I mean, this is a team that won like four conference games in the last two years combined. Yeah. Um, so to be on the bubble would be a huge deal for this team. And the one sliver of optimism I have when it comes to if they can go 5-1 and one and get themselves onto the bubble here is not only the marquee wins, because they obviously have a huge win over Duke, a couple other wins over lower uh, but still ranked teams. Um, and, and I don't know how much this factors in in the selection committee, but BC has two players that can take over a game. And, yeah. and, and I don't know if that factors in when you're choosing them against another bubble team. But to me, if you're looking at the roster and looking at who you want to see play in a tournament, I'm looking at Jerome Robinson, Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman and saying these guys will be two of the two of the better players in the tournament. Like I, I know the team's not, you know, the rest of the team around them isn't very good. But these would be two of the best players. Like, you know, I, I don't want to say two of the best players in the tournament, but they're well, up there well, as far exciting, as like, yeah. they're, they're they're exciting players. And Jerome Robinson's legitimately been one of the best players in the country. So yeah. I think that has a factor when it comes to them being a bubble team and maybe getting some some votes from the selection committee. Yeah. So this is BC's next six games, and, and they are all winnable. But like, e- not I want to say easily, but compared to yep. the rest of the ACC teams we could have played, mm-hmm. these are all m- mid tier. Uh, Pitt, who's pretty bad. Notre Dame, who we lost to in a close game recently. NC State, I'm pretty sure is bad. I don't know much about them. Miami, who we just beat. Syracuse, who is having a down year, and Florida State, who we've already beat. So. It, five and one is is not out of reach. So keep your eyes peeled for BC basketball. Season won't be over for a couple of weeks, but um, the next couple of games are very important. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that wraps up BC basketball. Last topic. We won't really be talking about this much. I don't think BC in the uh, in the bean pot. They lost, as we talked about. I think we actually saw them lose last week. We before. saw them lose and talked about it. Yeah, because I sat down to eat dinner and they had lost by. <laughs> they them. had already lost. <laughs> yeah. So because they had the early game. They had the early game again tonight. Actually, they play. Oh, you, yeah, you put it down here. They lost the consolation game in overtime, five uh, four to Harvard. That gives that means four straight now bean pot losses for Boston College. That's not a good look. Not a good look. What is good though, and we talked about this last time, so we won't harp on it. Is the bad teams in the bean pot are getting better? Yeah, which makes it. It was BCBU for literally thirty years, yeah. and yeah. now. At least it's going to be a competitive tournament. Hopefully, get some more yep. nationally recognized um, popularity. And, and then, yeah. I mean, the bean pot's a really cool thing. So, if if it takes four straight losses for mm-hmm. people to start recognizing, not just outside of Boston, but even like the Harvard Northeastern fans, kind of tune out. Yeah, um, it's true. So I, I'm okay. BC's having a down year in terms of hockey. So yeah, this they're is in, not they're in a little bit of a rebuilding unexpected. phase. It feels like um, with uh, getting. New blood into the program because they did have a lot. They lost a lot of guys uh, over those last couple of years that we sort of went on tournament runs. It felt like we lost uh, a lot of players to um, the NHL, to graduation, to whatever else. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for the BC update. Um, I think that will move it along. We've got a good sports section for you. So let's move it along to sports. 
Alrighty, so. You know what that sound sports. means? Sports. That sound means sports. What else could it mean? It's it, got to mean sports. It means quote unquote sports. <laughs> because what that's what the Olympic is. That's what the Olympics are. It's just sports that no one in their right mind would ever play. <laughs> so, um, so that's the main sports topic I would say is the Olympics. So um, we can start with the medal count as of whenever you grab this screenshot. This was um, before tonight's games. So eight, eight o'clock Eastern Monday night. So there's going to be a lot more right. medals awarded right. in prime time tonight. Yeah. But those already actually happened. So I wonder if that, um, oh, good, good point. cause everything's on delay. So I wonder if this medal count probably includes that. Either way, just read them. So Germany's up top on, in the gold, uh, department. They have four gold, the silver and two bronze for seven total. Then we have Netherlands, Norway, Canada, and the U S comes in at fifth right now. Uh, with four medals, two of them gold, one of them silver, one of them bronze. Uh, below that, France, Sweden, and uh, Korea, uh, rounding out the bottom of this screenshot anyway. So um, I haven't paid attention much to who's been winning the medals. Um, now you know. Now I know. Now I know the U.S. Is, is there in fifth, but Germany is the one winning most of them. Actually, Norway has the most, looks like, total with nine, uh, but that's because they have four silvers, um, two gold. So... Um, what do you think about this medal count, first of all? Okay, about the medal count. So I, I'll i tell you this. Do, guess how many medals or how many gold medals are given out in the Olympics? In total? In total. Uh, in the Winter Olympics? Um, 70. 102. 102. Doesn't that seem excessive? It does seem like kind of a lot. It's yeah. a lot of sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So imagine if they gave out a hundred two Stanley Cups. Yeah. Like what? Like, <laughs> anyway, um, so th- th- we're gonna get into this because I I'm, I'm about to make my stand, but we're not. We haven't even scratched the surface yet. I mean, <laughs> Germany has seven, USA has four, mm-hmm. and Norway with the most has nine. But like we're each, so everyone's early. gonna end yeah. up with like yeah in the twenties probably. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. As of now, Germany takes the lead, but there's plenty of sports that are still left to be played. One thing I will note um, is last night I was watching um, the Olympics, and it was figure skating. And figure skating mm-hmm. is one of the premier Winter Olympic Games. And an American woman, Miria Nagasu, mm-hmm. landed the triple axel. I, and is I the saw the first actually, American yeah. woman to land the triple axel at the Olympics. Wow. Um, and she went nuts, and people went nuts. It was this great moment, and then USA finished third. They finished. They got bronze in the team event. She broke this out in the team event. Wow! How do you how do you not save the yeah. triple axel for your for individual, individual event? You have to. So yeah. that's the kind of stuff that I don't get about the Olympics. Yeah, like I get it, but apparently, but when by the time she did it, there was no way that they would have won gold. Yeah, it's just like I, I don't understand that the all of the idiosyncrasies of the Olympics and and like now there's team. Uh, literally, it's it's individual ice skating counted up as a team, and yeah. then you do individual, and then you do couples, and then you do like there's just so many events I can't keep track. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's a lot to keep track of, and one of the one of the things I think um, I remember last or I remember two years ago. So we've been podcasting for this long because we talked about the Summer Olympics. Uh, what did we say two years ago? And we, well, we we were debating whether we liked summer or winter better, and I think there. are Arguments on each side, but this I relata- think there's no argument for the relatability Olympics. argument is huge here in that there's no real relatability and like kind of knowing what you're watching 
with the Winter Olympics. Yeah. And, I mean, and for, for, so I remember I argued Winter, and that's part of the reason that I like it is because it's stuff that I don't watch normally. Um, but there's a, there's a huge counter argument there, and that's that you don't know why they did that. Like, why I, I don't get the strategy. I don't understand why she didn't use her triple axle in the individual thing and not the team thing. Like, Derek, why? Tell me right now how, how many minutes of Winter Olympics you've watched. So far I've watched year. probably one hour of Winter Olympics. How many of the su- how many hours of the Summer Olympics would you have watched by now? By now, think? about one hour. You I think. think you would have yeah. watched less? We're, summer we're not Olympics. we're not into the we're not into the big time like we're not, like the the main gymnastics stuff wouldn't have happened. I remember two years ago I was watching like when it was like okay Simone Biles like these all the like the name gymnasts. two Winter Olympians um, for America. Uh, let's see, we have. You just named you just um, named Michaela one. Sh- Michaela Schriffen, the, okay. um, the, the the one skier. that our roommate Lindsay Vaughn, Lindsay okay. Vaughn also, also a skier. Um, we've got um, I, I don't know many. Okay, more yet, so, so I'm just proving my point yeah. a bit in that yeah. you named a summer Olympian like that. Yeah, what? Yeah, I named one. Yeah, <laughs> I can't name five. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You probably named yeah. two of the uh, gymnasts. Yeah, uh, and a couple swimmers. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying I, I'm I'm all on the summer after. Yeah. So, no, I, so yeah, yeah. I think I was kind of split when we had this first conversation. Yeah. Now I'm all on the summer bandwagon. Yeah. I just I'm watching these these things and I have no idea even how they're scored. Like yeah. I, I'm watching the um, figure skating last night. Like I said, and there's a there's a number score. Then there's green and red lights, and then there's yeah. there's if you it doesn't add up okay, correctly. Yeah. It just I don't yeah, know what but, I'm watching, but, but, and they but don't I, make it simple for but, me. But I don't think you can – that argument can't be factored in if you're going to argue for gymnastics, though. Like, No, I agree. Like, I agree. We have no idea how gymnastics are scored. I agree. And I don't know what it means. I'm just like, she landed it. That's yeah. the same as figure skating to me. Exactly the same as yes. far as my understanding. Okay. So, Understood. But I at least understand how the team works. Like, I understand yeah. how – like, they, they will each get a medal yeah. for certain events. There's at least points that show up, and it's like, all right, that's how many points they have. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. I was watching yesterday, and there's – the points aren't official yeah. at half half the times, yeah. and they sit there and they they come in first, and then they frown, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, they're like not happy about how much in first they are. Yeah. It's just kind of so confusing. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm alone. No, here. I, I, I no, really no. tried to get it last no, night. I, I tried to watch it and understand it. I think it's a pretty popular take that I think the Summer Olympics are more popular than the Winter Olympics for sure. And, and to me, I think that it becomes a little bit of a. Um, chicken and the egg situation cart before the horse situation of like to, i think that part of the reason the summer olympics have more alert to them is the is the hype around it and the coverage around it like michael phelps like everyone's talking about michael phelps everyone's talking about simone biles everyone's talking about the u.s basketball team which isn't fun to watch they win without any challenge <laughs> like that's fun that's not fun like they, they don't even get challenged by anybody because all the best players in the world are all on the american team yeah so it's like i think things like that are based on how much it's hyped and for me the U.S. isn't as good at the Winter Olympics. That's true. And so that's why we don't like them as arguably, much here because no bad. one covers them. They're arguably bad about it. Yeah. But it, but if the U.S. was like – if the U.S. had an equivalent of Michael Phelps like for they, snowboarding or skiing do. or – His name's Sean White. Well, Sean White's, Sean White's done, I think, right? Is he still going? Like Yes, he's in this Olympics. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not as good as he was, I don't think. No, but – There's not as much hype like around him. We do have that but, Olympian and we yeah. still don't like treat him like Michael Phelps. Yeah. I know, we don't. And that – I'm saying it's not necessarily because of the excitement. I, to me, it's way more exciting to watch Sean White than Michael Phelps. I, I, I'll like, take that. Like I swimming back and forth in the pool. It's all because people hype it up of like, look, he's going to win again. And look, he's got a gazillion gold medals. It's not because the event is more exciting, in my opinion. So Okay. Well, here let, let's, let's table that for now yep. because 
it's obvious you're wrong and I'm right about that. So here's a general question. Are the Olympics in general overrated? Yes, I think they are. Both summer um, and uh, we're combining them. Uh, we're summer is way overrated. Okay, yeah. wow. I think that, that, that this is kind of like what I'm saying. It's like I think the summer being overrated is part of why people like them more. So why do you think the Olympics are overrated? The Olympics, why are they overrated? Um, it, everything's spread too thin. Like everything is spread way too thin. They're on for, for two weeks and I don't know when everything's happening. Where can I go to just be like, What's the schedule for the Olympics? Like, there is no, like, schedule for the Olympics. It's like you have to look at a gazillion different things to find out yeah. when, what is happening. Like, I like the team format. I, like, for instance, hockey, I like the format. It's like you you can see it. It's like you got the preliminary round, then you got the semi, the quarterfinals, semifinals, the medal round. Like, it, it's it kind of, like, is clearly broken out. Uh, to me, everything's spread too thin, and that's why I think they're a little overrated because there's just too much that you don't understand and too much that is hard to follow that – I think it's a little bit overrated, and and the medal count I think is way too high. Like a hundred gold medals is like, why like why don't we give everyone a gold medal? My my like, my question is half of these sports don't need to be there. That's they just true don't too. need to be there. That's true too. Like if if you're gonna have the biathlon where you, it's cross country skiing mixed with shooting, like why not have like beer pong? Like what's the difference? <laughs> like it's just a game. It's just a random yeah. thing that someone invented. Yeah. Like they might as well have. Like hula hoop, hoop and hula hoop. It's the like longest. it's a it's a purist thing. It's kind of like baseball purist. How it's like not unwillingness to change anything. It's like the only reason that's there is because it was there when like the Greeks were were making Olympics, like like inventing the Olympics. Yeah, spike like, ball, dude. Yeah, it's Put like spike ball in the Olympics. And, and, I would love to watch that. And then there's also like all the different denominations of it. Like we were we were sitting here watching skiing, and it's like, what are all the skiing events? And there's like the there's the downhill, there's the slalom. There's the super slalom, and then there's like the super giant slalom, and there's like, super downhill, and then like super double yeah, downhill, and it's yeah. like it's like what, like like why don't we like consolidate this, like yeah. like make it two different types of events, like a speed one and a control one, or like I don't know, and the same thing happens with you know gymnastics is the same way sometimes. It's like in figure skating, it's like she she used the triple axle, but it was in this event, so it's like it's not going to factor in for this event where she's going to do the same thing. But be scored again and counting a different group for it. Yeah. It's like, or how about it's how complicated. About it's too complicated. Like Phelps, yeah. probably swimming's the only, maybe gymnastics. Yeah. But swimming is the only sport where you can get that many gold medals. Yeah, because you, you just, can do you can swim twenty different ways and get gold medals and for twenty it. different like, lengths. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and basketball, they play ten games maybe. Yeah. And win one medal. Yeah. And so yeah, exactly. Basketball and hockey and soccer and you know whatever other team sports. It's like you you playing for one medal, and that's the way it should be. Like there should be, I'm fine with the distinction between team and individual. Like you can have team gymnastics and individual gymnastics. That's fine. Just don't have like a gazillion different like denominations after that, you know. And it's like what the Olympics should be is like they should be like all right, the the swimming distance is 200 meters. We're not going to make a 100 meter version for those of you that can't last 200 meters. <laughs> yeah. Like just because you're better at swimming 100 meters and you're a better short distance swimmer doesn't mean you deserve. Doesn't a medal. mean that we should make a race for it. Like, like it's the Olympics. Like you, whatever the event is, you all have to train for that and win it. Yeah. Like why is there a 100, a 200, a 400, an 800? Thank you. Like it's it's absurd. Okay, so here that <laughs> that kind of hits the nail on the head with my point, which is narrow down the sports. How about this? Rotate the sports. Yeah. Ten, 10 sports every four years, and you know years out. So, like, let's say they put in baseball eight years out. Yeah. So a team like like India who plays cricket, they can get their best nine to 15 cricket mm-hmm. players mm-hmm. and teach them baseball in eight years Yeah. and put together, like, a dope 
baseball team for the Olympics, and it'll get a lot of hype if that's yeah. like if that's how you did it, or or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I just I'm so sick of watching yeah, like, yeah. stuff I don't understand <laughs> and, and things I would never yeah. even consider participating in. So, um, speed skating. We looked we looked at speed skating. Well, I'm curious how many people in the audience know this. And we the question we'll ask the audience because you already know the answer. Yes. How many speed skating rinks do you think there are in the United States? Now I know the answer. Like so, this started when the whole I was. United States. This started when we were watching speed skating, and I was like, "Do you think there's one? Like, how many speed skating rinks are there in the U.S.? I've never been to a rink that's big enough for speed skating." Um, and so then it actually was said later on in the broadcast. So what would you have guessed? Like I, I don't remember if you had said it when we were guessing. I but don't like, know, probably. 50? Yeah, maybe 100. 30, 50, 30 okay. to 50. I, I wouldn't have thought it'd be too many, but what is the answer? Two speed Two skating rinks. Two speed skating rinks in the United States, and we think we're going to win a medal in speed <laughs> yeah. skating. Yeah. Like, so it's things like that, and, and I I don't know if um, – I would be less inclined to do the rotation method only because I would feel bad for people that got skipped. Like 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 an athlete will miss his entire prime or his or her prime if you if it fell on the wrong time. Like – if it was every eight years, like it could hit when someone's like 18 and then like they're almost 30 by the time yeah. it comes around again. And so, um, or if it hit right in the middle, it's like they, they, it hits when they're like 24 and it's like, that's their only shot. Cause they'll be 32 the next time. So uh, for the individual athlete perspective, I would be less inclined to rotate, but I'm totally down for getting rid of some sports, like getting rid of sports or just getting rid of some variations. Like I said, like variations are fine to get rid of. And Speaking then, of variations. Yeah. How about we add this to the winter Olympics here? I have these written down. Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. Ice skating. Best trick. How about that? So that like figure skating, figure skating, yeah, best, trick. Just best trick, just have yeah. someone out there get yeah. a lot of speed and do the best <laughs> trick. Full contact speed skating. Okay. Like roller derby yeah. where you can like stop in the middle and block people <laughs> from yep. going yep. and go backwards if you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, or just add roller derby on ice. Yeah. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Um, snowmobiling. Yeah. X Games favorite. Yep. I feel like everyone in the world could snowmobile. Winter Olympics should take to. cues from the X Games. I think they should take cues from me yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, ski jump archery. <laughs> so you go off a huge jump and have to unload two arrows in the air and hit and a target hit, and try to hit close to a very large target. Yeah, that sounds great. Right? How uh, yeah. arbitrary are these? But how arbitrary are all the sports? Yeah. You could do those. Yeah. You could actually do those. Yeah. And and in, yeah. people get over how dumb they were in one Olympics, and then next Olympics, people will be like, "I cannot wait for ski jump archery." And my favorite <laughs> player, Sean White, who does a backflip and <laughs> shoots arrows at huge, two huge targets. Yeah. So I, I love the thing is we talked about this too, and I don't want to harp on the Olympics too much longer, but I would never want the Olympics to go away. That's yeah. the thing. The idea is so great. Yeah. The whole world comes together and competes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just look at North and South Korea. Like they're in talks now for, yeah. and like they, there was a unif- there was a unification rally today yeah. in South Korea. They want to like actually open talks, yeah. which is great, and that's all because of the Olympics and sports. Yeah. But on a granular level, yeah, there's some things that can be done to make the Olympics better. Yeah, you're right. They're stuck in the past. They're traditionalist. Just like open it up. Just have yeah. have some fun. Change change the stupid sports. Add some cool sports. Like just. Just catch up with the times a bit. Stop spending $50 billion yeah. on opening ceremonies and stadiums and yeah. stuff. Just use what you have. I don't know. It's just – it's so antiquated. I agree. The antiquated is the right word. I think it needs just – it just needs a little shot in the arm. It needs a shot in the arm. So. It needs American football. 
It needs, yeah, <laughs> that's what it needs. That's what it needs. We need football teams from every country. That'd be so great. <laughs> yeah. Or just skills competitions. Yes. Football skills Skill, competitions. Football skills like, competitions. Give me that. Like Or um, dunk competition. Yeah, or dunk competition. Yeah. That, I'm sure great. you can find people in any country who can do a dope dunk. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's probably people on YouTube that can do it. Like, yeah. Some dude from, like, Austria. I said probably, home run derby. How yeah. great would a home run derby be? Yeah. Yeah. Two minutes I each. I agree. Is golf an Olympic sport? I don't know. I don't know that, but I feel like it should be. Yeah. That's another one I feel like we you should, should. Should we start our own Olympics? Yeah. That's actually, that would work. You know who we that should contact work. for this? And I hate their guts so much. <laughs> Dude, perfect. Yeah. They would be so on board with starting the new Olympics. Yeah, it's true. It'd be like can jam and yep. weird basketball <laughs> shots and stuff. Yeah. And stuff I'm like surprised that. that hasn't happened. Me too. I mean, maybe it hasn't. It just hasn't hit me. Or like that there's not an X Games for like yeah. actually cool things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. So. So. Well, anything else on the Olympics? That's all, those, are, those are all of my thoughts That's on the Olympics. <laughs> literally every single thought you have That's on it. the Olympics yep. has been stated. They're all gone. Has been stated. Um, all right, so then I guess we'll go into a little bit of NBA. Um, really, I guess just the the major story over the last week has been the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Um, who are they? Who are they? They're not who they were last week, yeah. I can tell you that. Um, so we can briefly just mention their overhaul on trade deadline day uh, last week. I believe it was Thursday. Um, really out of nowhere. Like I, I was in a meeting at work from 12 to one. It was like a, a lunchtime meeting. And when I went into that room at 12, the Cleveland Cavaliers were one team yeah. and they were literally a whole different team when I left the room. And I didn't know any of it as it was happening. Cause I was in a meeting and I got out and I look at my phone and a couple of my friends who I talk about the NBA quite a bit with had texted me like freaking out, like not, not freaking out, but like shocked by it all. And then I went and I was like, the, they must just be rumors, right? Like, there's no way that all happened in yeah. one hour. And sure enough, literally, like, six players in the Cavs, that I, prominent rotation players, were traded away. I do kind of respect it. I do, too. I mean, they tried to get over that hump of, like, oh, we'll mesh. We'll, it'll yeah. work out. We just got to get through this rough patch. And it wasn't working. Yeah. So they said, we're not going to waste a season here. Yeah. Like, if this isn't working, it's not working. We just got to keep LeBron and then – Hopefully we can get some more people around him. Well, the huge risk of it not working is that you don't keep LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, so, so there is no time to waste. It's like a very high-pressure job as a Cleveland GM because you make the wrong choice of that deadline, and then your season ends up not being anything. And, and if they lose early in the playoffs or even catastrophically for a little while, it looked like they could potentially miss the playoffs. Like It actually was not out of the realm of possibility the way they were playing and the way the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff picture looked. It wasn't infeasible that they could miss the playoffs, which would have been amazing, like incredible. Like if you look at With how the, much of a yeah. failure that would be. So the Cavs end up replacing how many players? Six. They send seven? out six. They bring back four. So I think it was uh, they traded Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Channing Fry, Dwayne um, Wade, Wade um, uh, Shumpert, and there's someone else I'm forgetting. But they What's traded his name? six the guys. Shooter Channing Fry. Uh, I said that? I said no. Fry. I said Fry. There was one other guy they traded. Um, I think it was a throw-in, whoever it was now that I'm trying to remember. But so um, they traded a bunch of guys. They bring back George Hill. They George, made, so they yeah. basically keep LeBron, Kyle Korver, and J.R. Smith. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. And then you still have like Tristan Thompson yeah, and Tristan like Thompson. Jeff Green, your buddy. Um, Love Jeff. A few other guys. But so, but the main thing is they bring in um, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, and uh, Larry Nance. And so, Chichi Omarsby? What's that uh, guy's Osmond name? was on their team before, Osmond. actually. He oh, just didn't he? play at all. Yeah, he, oh. he's been on their team. Did yeah. not know and that. So, so uh, he, he was already on the team, and he 
started playing this weekend. So, okay. um, starting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so you know, people people made fun of all those moves right away. I think on the surface, you might say they didn't bring in any all stars. So it's like, how is that going to really help them? And and I think it is too soon to say that they're like fixed now. Yeah. I mean, they played one game and the Celtics did not show up on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but they brought in a lot of players that pro- that might fit the right way. And that's why basically when they made those trades, I felt their ceiling was a little bit lower. Like I felt like your ceiling is pretty high. If Isaiah Thomas comes back to his old form, um, your ceiling would have been pretty high with him, LeBron and Kevin love yeah. and Dwayne Wade as like a, just a role player. Uh, Jay Crowder as a good bench player. Like the ceiling I think was still pretty high if they figured it out. I think their floor is way higher now. Like like with these guys they brought in, these guys are not going to step on LeBron's toes. They're not going to step on each other's toes. Yeah. They're just role players that are pretty good, good shooters, Main, good defenders. They're mainly pretty young too. Yeah, so like, like they're in there to get minutes. They're and energetic. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's what that team was lacking. It's a bunch of veterans who basically wanted the ball. Yeah. I mean, like everyone playing with LeBron knows that he's going to get most of the shots, but yeah. these guys have been playing in the league for years. Like yeah. Isaiah Thomas is a shoot yeah. first point guard. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Wade is was a superstar, won a championship. Yep. Uh, I mean, all these guys just are are mm-hmm. NBA superstars. Yeah. And if you put them on the floor with LeBron, they're all going to take away from each other. Yeah. I think the new Cavs kind of add to LeBron. I know I know that's yeah, a stupid way to no, look at it, but they're, they are all role players. They all complement LeBron, whereas yeah. whereas in the past they were not all complimenting him. They were all in addition to him. Yeah. And so um, again, it's been one game, so so we can. Uh, I'm not ready to judge them yet, but I, from what I saw on Sunday and what I, what I kind of just evaluate based on what I'm thinking about these guys, I think they might fit their roles better for Cleveland. Yeah. The thing, the only yeah. thing I noticed that I can actually tell that was different from this team was the hustle. Yeah, like the fact yeah. that they were playing basketball. Yeah, yeah, like the other teams, they were just standing around. Yeah, there was no diving for balls. There was yeah. no open. There was no steals and fast break. It was just mm-hmm. players thinking that they can win because they're on a good team. Yeah. Now, I mean, George Hill had a great night shooting threes, and, yeah. and a bunch of others played really well kind of outside of their norm. But, yeah. I mean, if LeBron's going to get 25 mm-hmm. to 30 a night yeah. and everyone else can get 10, I think that's going to be fine. Yeah, and as long as he's got guys to kick it out to who can shoot the ball, like that, that's really all he needs. Um, and so, so yeah, so, so the Cavs overhaul everything. They stomped the Celtics uh, after Celtics hung around in the first half, got blown out of the building in the second half. Um, again, for me, the Celtics didn't show up in this game on defense, so I'm not, I'm, uh, it's very, it's a very disappointing game. I don't put a ton of stock into it as far as like, they don't have a chance to beat the Cavs. Yeah. Um, this it is under talked about that there's no film on this team. Yeah, that it, is true. That, That's like, true. And, and Stevens prides himself on being a good game coach. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're going to out coach the team. You're going to make adjustments. Yep. This was just literally a brand <laughs> new team. First time seeing he had team. never yeah. seen. No yeah. one had ever seen. Yeah. So they're just like, all right, we just have to outplay them. That's true. And that's they true. Couldn't. And, and and I and one thing that to me showed itself very clearly and was actually kind of infuriating me during the game, but I guess I with the lack of film preparation, I understand the inability to adjust to it. But literally in the towards the end of the first half, every time down the floor, the Cavs, LeBron was playing point forward. Like the, they didn't have a real point guard bringing the ball. Up. LeBron was playing point forward. And um, Tristan Thompson would come over and set a pick for LeBron. And I'm saying literally like 10 possessions in a row. Yeah. Tristan would come set a pick for LeBron. And the Celtics are a long athletic team, and they switch everything. The Celtics defenders are very versatile. They can pl- they can match up with a bunch of guys. And in this case, it was Al Horford and Marcus Morris. Like, 
pretty good defenders. And so they switched everything. And every time down the floor, <laughs> they switched. And LeBron was matched up on Al Horford, and Marcus Morris was on Tristan Thompson. And every time, that's not a terrible mismatch, but it was like it's exactly what the Cavs wanted because they did it every time up the floor. <laughs> yeah. They did the same thing. It's exactly what they wanted to happen. And then, you know, LeBron would get one-on-one versus Horford, who he can probably beat off the dribble. And then Tristan Thompson would destroy Morris on the boards because that's a mismatch too. So yeah. it was like some of those things um, I point to and say there's no chance that Brad Stevens lets that happen again if, if he's able to prepare for the team. Um, but all that said, it's still a pretty disappointing effort by the Celtics, um, and and a you know an, an optimistic and a good thing for Cavs fans to see that they looked that good right out of the gate. So. I would like to notice on a separate note that Greg Monroe, yeah. that's his name, mm-hmm. he's garbage. Yeah, he he had a bad game. In this game. I, I've see, I, maybe he's played better yeah. in other games. I've seen yeah. two games that he's played, and he is yeah. bad. He just can't finish around the rim, and that's why he's there. He's supposed to be able to finish around the rim. So so he has been a good finisher in years past. I haven't watched him this year very much until he got to the Celtics. So the only thing I know about Greg Monroe is that he has killed the Celtics in the past. So so yeah. like the one thing I know is that he at least at some point in his career was a great post-offensive player because he did it against the Celtics and destroyed He looks like nervous. He, he, I think he might still be. Honestly, I think he might still be nervous because he – he made a, a tough choice in coming here because he was guaranteed starter minutes in New Orleans. Like uh, DeMarcus Cousins got hurt, and they were like, come here and start. You're going to start center next to Anthony Davis. And he kind of – he took the Celtics as like a, I'm going to not play very many minutes for this team, but they're they're, they're in a better chance to compete. Yeah. And I'm getting the sense that he's a little bit – he's a little timid right yeah. now I mean, out there. Uh, finishing a layup as a big man <laughs> yeah. next to the basket it's is easy. one of the easier things <laughs> yeah. you can do in basketball. And yeah. he's having a hard time yeah. to do, he doing is. it. Yeah. He is for sure. So, uh, I, again, similar to the Cavs with Monroe, uh, the jury's out for me still on him. I, I'm, I'm going to give him some time to adjust, but, um, all of that leads up to the Paul Pierce Jersey retirement, which was the only thing that kept anyone in that building <laughs> with 10 minutes left yeah, in the game. That was it was br- kind of a strange that's feeling. brutal. That they they yeah. did it afterwards. Yeah. I, I mean, so I guess you assume it's going to be, closer. I actually, agreed with it ahead of time to do it afterwards because before it's like the game's going to start later. It's like, everyone's just going to be standing around waiting for it. And it's like, it might have a sense of being rushed. The building might not be full because fans don't get in on time for it. So I was fine with it being after the game. It would have just been way better if the game was close. Cause it would have yeah. been an energy building up to the end of the game. Yeah. And, and now there's, it was just a very weird feeling of like, the game's over. Everyone wants to leave, but you're not going to leave because you paid money to come to this game to watch him get his jersey retired. Yeah. And it was just like it was a very weird feeling and probably was weird, just as weird for him and the rest of the people down there, like Doc Rivers and Rajon Rondo and Kevin Garnett and everyone who came out for this game, just like waiting there in the last 10 minutes for this thing to end while LeBron is the one beating them, yeah. a guy that they all went against. They and all like, hate, yeah. Like there was a um, – Doc Rivers in his pregame press conference was – um, they were they were interviewing Doc and like I, I still love Doc Rivers and I and uh, I thought it was funny because he's an NBA coach right now and he was talking about his time with the Celtics and like reveling and how much he misses it and stuff which is kind of weird because he's playing the Celtics on Wednesday yeah. and like uh, and then they were like what's it gonna be like out here watching a game and he's like well I haven't watched a game in the stands in 30 years he's like so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a beer I'm gonna yell at the refs he's like I might even boo LeBron a little bit like I love it. which is a funny comment as like a former coach against him and like yeah. a current coach in the NBA. So just for those guys to sit there and watch that was probably very weird too. So I think um, the decision backfired for, for sure. That's yeah. to schedule the game do, against Cleveland and after the game. Could you do it at halftime? It was way too long. It was way too long uh, to do it at halftime. Now for a normally yes, I think for a lesser ceremony they would do something at halftime. But in, in this situation, they were going to give him 
everything. I mean, he yeah. like it's been how many championships did he win? He just won one, but it's it's just it's rare in this day, I think, for a guy to stay there, stay with the team for so long. And so I think it's it's just really more the story of Pierce how he was like the team sucked for a long time when he was here, and he he could he had multiple chances to leave, but wanted to stay and wanted to get it done here. Um, I think it's just his whole story that kind of led to that, and it's been a long time since they've had someone of that allure to to retire their jersey. It's probably mm-hmm. been it probably was Larry Bird the last time they had someone that was um, at that level. I think they've they've retired a couple of jerseys since Bird, but not as high profile I think as Pierce. So they were going to give him a huge ceremony, and halftime would have been too short for it. Um, so I think it's just the way it the way it worked. It was it was unfortunate that they got blown out. Um, but the rest of the entire Celtics team came back out after the game, and they were on the bench during that ceremony. So hopefully they use that as a little bit of fuel to see yeah. how how much they let everyone down who was in the building there um, and not being competitive in that game. But either way, the ceremony was great. They showed some of it on uh, on the Boston uh, the and, local channel. And we can confirm that you did not cry. I did not cry. There was uh, It certainly was – it could have been close. I mean, like I there was – you know, like the – the feeling of like you know you could potentially start crying if it stays on this path, but like there know. was enough yeah. relief, there was enough like relief throughout it of like oh uh, well, it, it got it was like a little bit emotional, but then like people would cheer or it would like something would break it, something would break the tension. A bunch of Boston Look, fans dying not to cry, uh, so they just no, yell something. So me, <laughs> so the people yelling this were not the ones about to cry, but people were hunting for opportunities to yell something like hunting. Yeah, the, in, in the. In the opening national anthem, somebody yelled, LeBron, you suck, like during like the silent part of the national anthem, like during <laughs> one of the transitions, like the entire stadium heard it. Yikes. And, uh, and, and then even during the Pierce thing, like someone, people were still yelling stuff about LeBron every once in a while. They would <laughs> yell stuff. Um, they would just yell like, we love you, Paul, or something. Like yeah. people were definitely breaking that tension. Do they end? So like in baseball games, you can, you, they stop selling beer at the. They stop selling beer. They did. Yeah, I was wow. surprised. That was surprised. There was a there was a probably a solid 25 30 minute delay after the end of the game for them to set everything up and the beer sales had stopped. Wow. So, yeah, people just people were just sitting in their seats just Hung waiting. Over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just waiting. <laughs> so, um so that part of it was not ideal, but the ceremony itself was was done well, I think. So. Cool. So, yeah, that was uh that was Sunday. That bad was it. bad that day was for the, the Celtics, the, but good day the historically big, the for the Celtics. Big day. You were waiting for it for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Congrats. It was worth it. Congrats to you and the Celtics, Terry. <laughs> Thank you. So, anything else for sports? That's it for sports today. All right. Let's go to pop culture. Alrighty, pop culture. Uh, we'll be probably relatively quick with this one. The big one that we're going to talk about here is Oscar nominations. Yes. Right. So, so we all, the Oscar nominations have come out. We're not going to go through all of them. We're only going to mention what the uh, nominations for Best Picture best are. Best Picture. Okay. So the nominations for Best Picture are Call Me by Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post. The Shape of Water, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. So, that me that makes nine nominations. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That may be too many. Might be too many. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't they just eliminate, like, yeah. have have like a bracket? Yeah. And eliminate the ones that get, like, at the. That's what I would think. The they bottom three. That's what I would think they should do. And and uh, I I think that. So nominations. Um, but like, like they already know who won, right? I mean, like, not they, but the the voting is already ha- is already done, right? I don't know. So, 
I guess I don't know either. My assumption was that the voting all happens, and then like they they the finalists are announced, the nominations are announced, but they already like have the winner, and maybe the nominations are based on who else got votes. Maybe that's not the case. Either way, I agree. It should be like four or five nominees. It yeah. shouldn't be nine. Like that's that's ridiculous. So we have seen one, two, three of these. Yes. Correct. Correct. We have seen Dunkirk, seen. Get Out, and Three Billboards Outside Epping, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Get Out is by far the best of those three, yes, in my opinion. I agree with that. I have not seen the others, but I would love it if Get Out won Best Picture at the Oscars. I would as well. I highly doubt it will. It's not an Oscar-style movie mm-hmm. that they typically like to pick, but that's that gets my vote. I 100% gets my vote as well. Like we said, only seen three of them. Dunkirk, I will be upset if that wins because I didn't think it was very good. Correct. Uh, and Three Billboards I thought was okay, but I I don't think it's Best Picture worthy either. Um, do we remember which one won the Golden Globe? Three Billboards. Was it Three Billboards? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So certainly could win. Um, I, I hope it doesn't. I, I think that it was, like I said, I, when we reviewed it, I said I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. Um, Get Out was great. Get Out was great. Get Out was a great movie. And, and I would love it if, it if it bucked the trend a little bit as far as what you have to be to be a Best, best Picture winner. Like yeah. that was... I think that was the best movie of the year. So Yeah, it should win. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So that's the Oscar nominations. We'll talk a bit more about the Oscars. Probably we'll get Murph on to talk yeah. uh, Oscar movies because he loves that stuff. Yes, uh, he So does. we'll get him on to do a, a real analysis. But for now, those are the Oscar nominations. Next up on Pop Culture, I think I'm going to handle the next you two. You got it. Totally, yeah. So Coco, also nominated for Best Animated Film. It's okay. going to win in a landslide. Mm-hmm. Coco is the most recent Pixar animated film. It is set um, in Mexico during like a Dia de los Muertos ceremony. It's basically Halloween, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, like Macabra, they go and they, they put flowers and gifts all over the cemetery and celebrate mm-hmm. the dead. Um, and it is so good. It is spectacular. I have not watched a movie that good in ages. Wow. Probably since Get Out. Wow. I If this was up there with Get Out, if it was just Get Out versus Coco, I don't know what I would pick. <laughs> And they're completely different movies. Yeah. So if you have not watched Coco, I think it's still in theaters, but um, we got a special version sent to us by the Academy. Um, yep. So um, watched it last night. The concept is amazing. The execution is amazing. It's so simple yet so like deep and thought provoking. There's a big twist. I, I mean, like it, it just has everything you want, and it has a great ending. It just it sounds it, like the total package. It's the total package, and in classic Pixar movie fashion. You get choked up, but you don't cry. There's some beautiful moments. There's hilarious moments. It it reminds me of, I don't want to say up, but it's similar in that it's very family-oriented. It's very, mm-hmm. there's older people and younger people getting along. It's just a very happy and sad and beautiful movie all rolled into one. So Coco, Coco. if you have not seen it, it's the new Pixar movie. Pixar never makes a bad movie except Cars 1 through 3. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I highly recommend it. I give it 95% 95. Steve Nicholas Avocados. 95%. Wow. That is certified freaking guac. Yeah. That's Holy about, crap. that's like 95. fresh guac. That's amazingly fresh guac. That's like the, yeah. some of the best guac you've ever had. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, 95% Steve Nicholas, Steve Nicholas Avocados, Coco. See it however you can, as soon as you can. It's very good. At all costs, see Coco. Do it as soon as you can. <laughs> Hurry. Um, uh, okay. So, yeah, Do you have any okay. thoughts on Coco? I know. You saw uh, a bit of hot it. Hot cocoa, yeah. No, I, I saw um Hot Cocoa. I saw I didn't really see a bit of it. I wasn't really paying attention to it at all. Um but that's a good thing because I want to see it 
um, separate. I don't want to half see it. That's not a movie I want to half see. So I'm glad. Don't half I'm, see I'm it. glad I didn't pay attention to it. Everyone go whole see Coco. <laughs> go whole see hot Coco. So, um, all right, you got one more topic here. I do. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I think I am ready for it. Everyone's favorite segment. Everyone knows what that is. Taco Bell news. I have huge Taco Bell news. Wow. Still got that delay. It's beginning. a little delay. You got to yeah. fix that. Um, yeah. I tried the Taco Bell French fries. Oh, wow. Yes. yes. That's right. So I made the trip to Taco Bell. There's only one in our state. It is an hour away. Well, I'm just kidding. It's like 15 yeah. minutes, but it's far. It's further than any Taco Bell ever should be in a major city. So we go to Cambridge Galleria, me and my friend John Wang. Yep. Big Taco Bell fans. Obviously hit all the classics. Got to get a quesadilla. Got to get a Crunchwrap Supreme. Did some Nacho Bell Grande. Just is all between us. Five, mm-hmm. five, uh, beefy five layer. Just got to get the classics. Mm-hmm. And then the coup de gras. Taco Bell fries. Guess how much they cost? One dollar. One dollar. Wow. Comes with a, a thing of fries, like a medium-sized fry, and mm-hmm. a cup of nacho cheese. One dollar. Wow. So wow. we had this debate last time. The question is, are they Mexican French fries or are they fast food French fries? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, are mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. they specifically Taco Bell fries? Or are they, or is Taco Bell just now serving? Or are they like French Burger fries? King fries with seasoning on them? So what, what do you think? What do you think happened? Uh, I'm guessing that they, they err more on the side of being fast food fries with uh, Taco Bell seasoning. They are just fast food fries, <laughs> but they are so good. They're like if you were to if you were to go to McDonald's, yeah, Burger King, Wendy's, and get French fries. You can now put Taco Bell in that list of who has the best wow. fast food French fry because wow. it's just fast food French fries. There's a tiny bit of seasoning. It's like, uh, you know, if you order seasoned fries at a restaurant where mm-hmm. they're like a little red and a little crispy, but even less than that. Like the seasoning is almost not even wow. there. It's just a good, well cooked, crispy French fry. So it's crispier than McDonald's and a little Crispiness more flavor, a little more flavorful than Burger King. Wow. And it's got a little little tiny bit of spice. And it's almost like not Mexican spice. It's like a little sweet, yeah, maybe so some paprika. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it comes with nacho cheese, which is a huge plus. That sounds really good. It is very good. And, of course, you open up your mild sauce packet, pour it into the nacho cheese, mix oh, it up with one go. of the French fries, yep, and you've got you go. a spicy yeah. cheese French stick. fries are great mixers too, yeah. So my final verdict on the Taco Bell French fries, yep. they are around to stay. If, right. if a person like you will go to Taco Bell and have no qualms ordering fries. I would not because have any it's, qualms. But it's not like you go – like I go because I want Taco Bell Mexican food. Right, right, right. Like right. I want to experience Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And these fries are really not Taco mm-hmm. Bell. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of a filler. They're kind yeah. of just a side. Right, right. So I will probably never order them again. Hmm. But I think they're going to change the game for Taco Bell for all wow. those people who just – would rather just like fast food French fries, which yeah. I don't really need fast food French fries. Never really okay. liked them. Okay, I see you. I, see I you. think this is appealing more to you than to me. Yeah, it appeals to me. I mean, like next time I go to Taco Bell, I'll probably get like a quesadilla and fries. Yeah, like and that's fine with me. Like I don't like. Yeah, it's like a burger and fries now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wow. not. Yeah, it's not like a gimmick. It is right. just French fries. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, yeah, so that's my take on on I'm Taco Bell French fries. Them. Yeah, they're they're very good. I mean, very good in the sense I just described. It's not. Some crazy new invention. It's not like <laughs> Doritos Locos Tacos. It's yeah. just Taco Bell now serves fries. Serves good French fries. Good French fries. All right. So uh, that's it for Taco Bell News. 
And there I it think is. that moves us right along. Yeah, we're into the final drive. The final drive. Yeah, do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I think I'm going to go first. All right, do it. Okay, so I'm now listening to a podcast called Finding Richard Simmons. Uh, apparently Richard Simmons, the uh, exercise guru who you all know from those videos, high, high pants, big perm, very flamboyant. Um, apparently he's missing. He's gone. Um, there's wow. some... He's like this very active person. He's in. He affected so many people's lives. He's still living a very active lifestyle and, and teaching and, and being a semi-therapist to people. And then all of a sudden, one day, he just gone. Doesn't answer any phone calls. Doesn't say goodbye to anyone. Not even his closest friends. Wow. Not even his coworkers. So uh, that's kind of how it sets up. It's a very interesting topic. And now I'm five episodes in, and all I've been hearing for five episodes is, this person is one of Richard Simmons' best friends. He, If anyone knew him, this person knew him the closest. What do you think? And this person goes, I don't know. I'm just kind of distraught. I just haven't heard anything from him, and I don't know. Okay, well, this person, if anyone was going to know if Richard Simmons is, is up to something, like this person would know. This person's like, I don't know. I just haven't heard anything. I, like, have you heard anything? So it's just repetitive. Yeah. Repetitive him trying to find someone who knows anything, and no one knows anything. So... Hopefully there's a big twist. I'm thinking there's going to be like a Jinx-style twist where the last episode makes the whole thing worth it because mm-hmm. this is a famous podcast. Yeah. This has been promoted. It's been in the top of like iTunes for a couple uh, a couple months at least. So I'm hoping that there's some big reveal that makes the whole thing worth it, which is kind of similar to mm-hmm. the Jinx where I didn't love the first couple episodes mm-hmm. and then it all made sense. So I'm listening to it now. I'll keep you updated. It's very entertaining. I mean, if you like those... Uh, semi-crime dramas. It's kind of funny. It's real interesting to learn about Richard Simmons and his life and because and, all you really know him from are those exercise videos. Yeah. He's a crazy person. Really? Yeah. Um, so it's good so far. Five out of six episodes in. I still haven't found any information about where Richard Simmons is or, and why he hasn't been talking to people. <laughs> so hopefully, knock on wood, yeah. the last episode does something for me. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Finding Richard Simmons. Finding Richard Simmons. Uh, that's the podcast. Go give it a listen. Um, so my final drive, I, I, I couldn't really think of anything for my final drive, so I'm sort of going to win this one a little bit. Wow. But it's, it's, it's on topic from something earlier, and it was something I was just thinking about um, right before we started podcasting. So we talked about Paul Pierce jersey retirement, right? We did. And my topic here is going to be half just food for thought for Boston fans out there and half a uh, prediction I'll make. But my, my question is, who is going to be the next Boston athlete to have their jersey retired? Now, it, it seems easy, right? It's Tom Brady. Yeah. But Tom Brady might play for five more years. So you have Zidane Chara, who's 40 years old. He's been a captain for like 12 years. Okay. You have Kevin Garnett, who is going to be considered, I think, next to Pierce, but only played here for six years. So that's in question. You have Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah, <laughs> yeah, Isaiah Thomas. Maybe they're going to retire his jersey in the playoffs when the Cavs come here. Yeah. Just to really get in his head. No, <laughs> yeah. but, so, but so you have a few. Um, you have a few possibilities. And so... Uh, you have Patrice Bergeron when he retires, but he's, I think, a little bit further away. So it's just something I started thinking about when yeah. it was Paul Pierce. Because in the last two years, or sorry, in the last single calendar year, Boston's retired two number 34s. David Ortiz was over the summer. Oh, yeah. Um, and it feels like we're in an age now where you immediately have to retire the guy's number to show him how much you love him as soon as he retires. Like the second he retires. David Ortiz. Yeah, and Paul Pierce. And Paul you have Pierce. to schedule yeah. their jersey retirement. So it got me thinking about, like, who's going to be next. And someone might be before Tom Brady, even though that sounds crazy because, like, Brady should be the next person to get his jersey retired. Yeah. So 
It, uh, uh, it's they're getting pretty lax, I think. They are. I don't. Do they you certainly think, are. Do you think Kevin Garnett should have his jersey retired? I go back and forth on this all the time. Um, under the normal criteria, I don't think he should. Um, but I kind of basically my stance on it is no, I kind of don't think so. But I wouldn't mind at all. Like like I would be totally fine with him getting his jersey retired. And I will just. I will add a little prediction here. I guess this is my prediction. I think it is going to be Kevin Garnett hmm. um, for a couple of reasons that are just more kind of storybooky type of things where it just like feels like it's going to happen. First of all, there's one slot left on that banner that they just put Pierce on. There's one left. Yeah. Who's, I don't know, that's going to be blank for a long time or it's going to be Garnett. It's going to be one of the two. Um, and then the other reason is that no one's worn number five. Number five is a, a pretty swaggy number. Yeah. Pretty good number. That's and a no great one number. has worn number five for the Celtics since Garnett stopped. Why? I imagine because they're retiring it. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's my theory. Well, it's that kind of telling it's like a you. it's like a it's like a Danny Ainge is like we're probably going to retire this number, so let's not have anybody wear five because someone will wear five. Five's like five's a good, a good five's number. a nice number to wear. Yeah. And the Celtics have no numbers to pick from because they've like retired a ton of them. It's yeah. like you can't. There's no single digit numbers like besides four, I think, and like um, so. So there's there's not a lot of of good swaggy numbers left for the Celtics, and so I think someone would have worn five by now. So I guess that's my prediction. It's going to be Garnett, but. Just kind of that was my thought provoking there That's a little good. bit. It's I like, like a, it's a new age. People they don't wait to retire your jersey like they used to, where it's like yeah. they'd bring you back when you were 50, 60 years old and be like, let's have a ceremony for this guy because he was awesome. They do it the day you retire. Yeah. Like, don't so, say anything bad about us yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's that. That's my final drive, and I'm gonna I'll put in the official prediction of, of Kevin Garnett, but um, I'm gonna say Kevin Garnett one, Zdeno Chara two. I think I think there could be two guys before Tom Brady gets his wow. retired. I think Brady could play for three or four more years. I'm going to say so. Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel could get his number retired someday. <laughs> you never know. I hope not. So, um, But, yeah, so that's it. Anything else? That's it. All right, so that does it for episode number 95 of You Heard in Your Second. We'll see you guys next week for episode 96. Later days.